Welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast, a show about property, entrepreneurship, and personal development. This show is designed to give you the foundations and building blocks to move forward on your journey and live a more inspired life. Hello and welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fitzgerald, and it's fantastic to have you joining me here today. If this is your first time, welcome to the podcast. And if you are coming back, welcome back. It's great to have you. So today, I think, is a topic, particularly with a lot of the followers of this podcast who are into Rent to Rent, will really, really enjoy. It is my 10-step guide to how to form and build a Rent to Rent business. And I'm going to go through each of the steps with you today to make sure you have clarity on each of the steps that you need to take to build a successful Rent to Rent business. Now, obviously, if you're looking at getting into serviced accommodation, some of the things we talk about about here could be a little bit different but the fundamentals are pretty much all the same how to get a deal how to set it all up is pretty much all the same it's just how you're going to set up your business and your systems afterwards so let's get cracking shall we but before I start I would just like to say if you would like to download the document and guide to help you with this 10-step process please check in the comments below in the description and you can download it for yourself and you can go through it and check these elements off as you're going along. Equally to that, I do offer a deal analyzing spreadsheet and some other great tools and resources for you to be able to download that are completely free to help you on your property and rent to rent journey. Why do I do this? Well, it's quite simply because I used to do the same thing when I started out. I used to download the free tools and resources that were on offer to help me get going, to help me move forward. So I like to do the same for other people. So have a look now and see if there's anything that you want that can help you on your journey. Now, let's get on with this guide. So at number one, I think the first place you need to start is with yourself. So I could say it's about getting educated, but you're already doing that because you're watching these videos. We also, of course, have the Property Unleashed podcast, which again helps with the mindset and also goes through a lot of the tactics, tips and tricks to use when moving forward on your property journey. So do check that out as well. But I would say mindset is key. Get yourself some books. Uh, There's plenty of mindset things as well on, on the YouTube channels to get you in the right frame of mind. Remember, anytime you start something, anytime you want to build something up, it's going to take time and it's going to be hard. Okay, You need to have the mindset. You need to be ready to attack it. You need to be there ready to know that it's going to be challenging at times. So what I always say to everybody is get your mindset in place before you're even starting. It's as important as, of course, of knowing the strategy that you need right now. So if it's cash flow and you haven't got a lot of money to invest in property, as we always say, there's some great strategies that you can use, i.e. purchase lease options, um, deal sourcing, and of course, rent to rent, which is what I used to get yourself up and running in property, to be able to remove the full-time job that you might be doing at the moment and get yourself set up in your own property business to move yourself forward to obviously, eventually, maybe if that's what you want to do, build your own property portfolio. So that's what I've done. That's what I've chosen to do. Uh, I want to build a legacy for my family. I want to build a legacy for my kids. But I would say get your mindset in the right place and get yourself ready to go for anything. And problems that come your way, 
just try and find solutions. So as we always say, no problems, only solutions. We are going to have problems, but we need to find the solutions for those problems. Okay, at number two, I would say set yourself up as a business. So you could be a sole trader if you want to, if you don't want to set a business up. A lot of people think, oh, it's so expensive to set a business up. It's not actually. You can set a business up for about £20. Yes, you then have accounts to take care of. You then have other costs, of course, that will be incurred in a business. But to actually set a business up that maybe isn't even trading at the moment is relatively cheap. And I would say if you're going out there and you're wanting to be deal sources or you're wanting to do rent to rent in any strategies and stuff, being a company, being a business, being a set up as early as possible will be in your favor. The longer your company's been around, whether it's been trading, making profits or not, the better it will be for you. So get yourself set up as a business. Don't be afraid of setting yourself up as a company, as a limited trading company. Embrace it, have respect in it, and also challenge yourself. Tell yourself, why am I setting this business up? Because I'm here for the long haul. I'm not here just to try something. I'm here to succeed I'm here to do something to move myself forward. So act like it and make sure that you set yourself up in the best possible manner. I always recommend that you go as a limited company. That's just my recommendation, but you've got to do what's right for you. Some people prefer to go out there and start working as a sole trader, just mainly because they feel it's safer and it's it's less um, less costly. But you're still going to need insurances. You're still going to be needing to be members of associations and everything that you need in your business. So you're still going to have those costs, whether you're a sole trader or a company. Obviously, with a company, you've got uh, to file your tax returns and everything like that. So at the end of the year, it could be more costly for your accountancies and things. Do what's right for you, but don't be afraid of setting up a business and acting as a business. Get that mindset right. Get yourself set up as a business that you're the director of and move yourself forward. Okay, number three is all about professional marketing. How your company, how yourself, how you are perceived and seen uh, to the outside world is very, very important. It wants to look professional. It wants to be polished. But having said that, it also does not want to be perfect. It, you'll never get it perfect from the word go. So mark my words that when you get out there and when you start doing these um, marketing letters and you start talking to agents and you start uh, advertising potentially on social media and looking for landlords and looking for agents to work with, it's never going to be perfect from the word go. You will get better as you're going along. So don't try and be perfect from the word go. Make sure that you're getting better as you're going along, but make sure that you're getting yourself out there. Make sure that you are sending these letters and they are letters that people want to read and they want to see. Know what you're talking about. Know what your offering is. Know what the services are that you're putting out there. OK, and make sure that when you do it, you have complete confidence in what you're saying. So whatever you're telling people that you're going to deliver on and you're going to do, you can deliver on and you are going to do. OK, at number four, you're going to be talking to people. So you're going to be getting out there. You're going to be talking to agents. You're going to be talking to landlords. So you need to know what you're going to be saying. So obviously, in my Rent to Rent Business Builder program, we offer all the scripts. We offer all the advice. We offer all the bullet points for things of what you want to be saying and what you don't want to be saying. But again, 
work it out for yourself. If, if, you're, if you're struggling with anything like this, you, you, trial and error is always good as well. So have a few meetings with agents, potentially agents that you don't want to work with straight away. Learn what works, what's the right things to be saying to them and what's not the right things to be saying to them. So make sure that you don't go in there if you're doing rent to rent and you say, I want to do rent to rent with you. Make sure you're going in there and just say, you know, we, we potentially we have tenants that we... Uh, we like to put into properties. We like to look after those tenants. And then what we like to do is offer the landlord a guaranteed rent, things along those lines. So you put yourself in the best possible and professional position when you're getting there and you're talking to landlords and letting agents. Also on that one, of course, you want to make sure that you're happy with the properties themselves, you want to be getting in there and you want to be doing viewings. You want to know what you're looking for. You want to have maybe an old clipboard or something like that. Go old school with it or notes on your phone. Things that you want to be looking for, things that you want to be looking out for as you walk around a property and the questions that you want to be asking as well. Have those all wrote, written down because what you'll find is normally at the end of it all, somebody will say to you, the landlord or the agent will say to you, have you got anything else? You know, have you got any other questions? And it's always good if you've written everything down and you've covered all the bases and everything, then you can always say, uh, nope, that's good. I've got everything that I need. Or you can then, they've given you permission to ask any questions that you may want to ask them. Um, so, you know, if that is the case, or you can even get to the end of it yourself and just say, I've just got a couple of quick questions to ask you. Is that okay? Get their permission. And then you can ask them whatever you need to ask them about the properties and about what, um, what you've seen and what you've walked around and how you want to structure your deals going forward. So ask the question or if they ask it to you, happy days. But have a few uh, bullet points, have a few questions ready to ask them as you're going. So at number six, it's all about negotiations. How are you going to structure this deal going forward? So if you're doing rent to rent, which is predominantly what we're all talking about here. How are you going to structure the deal so that it's a win-win for you? And if you've got a letting agent involved as well, how it's going to be a win-win-win. We need to make sure that everybody's comfortable and confident in what they're doing, including you. I see far too many people out there at the moment just trying to get those deals. I just need a deal going like that, a bit like a, with a begging bowl to these landlords, to these agents, and they're doing bad deals. They're paying massive deposits. I've never paid for a refurbishment on a property and I've never paid for a deposit. Now that's not to say that I've never done any work on a property, I have, but it's been small work, a bit of painting, a couple of carpets, a bit of dressing, stuff that you'd expect to do anyway. But I haven't gone in there and spent thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. And I also haven't put thousands of pounds down for deposits. I was talking to a guy the other day that went out there and I had to congratulate him for taking action and getting a deal. But he put about six or seven thousand pounds down as a deposit on a couple of properties. And that is crazy. If he'd have come to me first and spoken to me, we could have structured that deal in such a manner that it probably wouldn't have actually cost him anything, any of that money, all of that money is now tied up for five years in the contract that he's got sitting there doing nothing and he could go out there and do more deals where potentially 
He does need to spend a few quid on the properties, but he can't now, all that money's tied up. So get out there and speak to the people that have already done what you want to do. And make sure that you can set yourself up in such a manner that it's not gonna cost you a fortune to start with. Rent to rent shouldn't cost you a lot of money to start up. Yes, you will have some costs, don't get me wrong, but it shouldn't cost you a fortune. You just need to know how to structure your deals properly. I know how to structure the deals now because I've done enough of them. And each time I did one, I always thought, how could I make it a bit better? How could I structure it in such a way that it's still a win-win for everybody, but it's not gonna mean me laying down large sums of money. It's not gonna need me doing um, big refurbs or anything like that. So make sure that you structure it down and it's all about how you negotiate. It's all about how you position yourself. And I say to a lot of people when it comes to training and things, sometimes the training, if it's good training, is worth paying for just to save yourself all that money when it actually comes to the numbers and the negotiations. As I always say, a deal is not a deal unless it's a deal. It has to work for you. You have to be getting the profit that you need out of the deal. And if a landlord won't tell you their figures, if a landlord won't tell you how much they're paying for utilities and they're lying about the rents and everything, think long and hard as to whether that's a landlord that you wanna do business with, that that's a deal that you wanna get into because you do not wanna be tied into any deals over five years or anything, even three years with somebody or a landlord or an agent that you really don't like and your gut feelings telling you isn't the right person to be doing business with. So it's very, very important. Make sure you spend a bit of time on that and really think long and hard about it. Don't procrastinate and don't talk yourself out of good deals because, because you're scared, uh, you're worried, or any other feelings that you might have. We all have that when we do these deals, but uh, the more you do, the easier it gets. But as I always say to my guys, to my students, get yourself in the community where we are, where I am, talk about things. If you've got a problem, get it off your chest. Don't stew on anything. And that's the value of putting yourself into a big community of people like-minded, all moving in the right direction, all trying to achieve a very similar goal. We can help each other when, when, when we get no's, when we have problems, we can solve the problems. We can put our arm around people. We can support them. We can bring them up and we can push them on. And that is brilliant. That's the communities that I've always tried to put myself in and that's the communities I suggest that you try to get yourselves into as well. So at number seven, you've secured the deal. It's all signed, sealed and delivered. The dotted line has been signed. Brilliant. Well done. Congratulations is first thing that I always want to say to people. But now what? Well, now you need to make sure that the properties are presentable to go out there and get tenants. Now, don't be afraid of taking properties on that have existing tenants, but do check that those existing tenants are good tenants and have been paying their rent. If they haven't, then you have to go through the motions of potentially getting them out of the properties. But you do not want to be guaranteeing rent on rooms where the tenants were never yours to put in there in the first place. So just make sure that when you're doing negotiations and everything, you cover yourself on that. I shall put a video uh, a bit later on about how to get around these sort of problems and what you should and shouldn't have in your contracts as well to help you out on that matter. But you're going to get the property. You need to be looking and trying to find tradespeople in the area. You're going to want cleaning people. It's always good if you've got a good rapport with the agents or potentially with the landlords to just ask them who they use because you may be able to use their people first and foremost or they might prefer you to use their people on their property anyway. 
but then find your own as well. Have some backup people. Check your local social media platforms. Um, check for recommendations. Check a trade online as well. And you'll probably kiss a few frogs. Easy for you to say. You'll probably kiss a few frogs before you actually find the people that you end up working with here, uh, even more. And what I do suggest, again, to a lot of my students and things is that you build up rapport with people that maybe you even offer them a sort of a holding fee to be able to go and support you and help you in your time of need in your properties. Uh, initially, when you've only got a few properties, there's maybe odd jobs and little things that you can go around and do yourself, depending on your time and depending on how handy you are. But any major jobs, do make sure you get the right and appropriate professionals in. As you say, setting yourself up as a business, setting yourself up as something you want to be proud of. You want to make sure you've got the right people going in there doing the jobs for you. So that would set everything up there. And then we not need to be looking at tenants. So at number eight, we're looking at tenants. I always say time for tenants. So we want to be looking at doing the viewings. We want to be looking at our marketing again. Uh, as we know with rent to rent, it's all about the marketing. We're marketing for properties. We're marketing for tenants. It's finding the right tenants. It's doing the right reference checks with the tenants and making sure that we're putting the right tenant type in the right property. So if your property is in a student area, predominantly all students, and you're looking at putting professionals in that potentially might not want to live in a student area, then you need to be looking at students. And likewise, if you're in a town centre and young professionals love to live there, uh, students will as well, of course, but you're not going to be looking for all different types of uh, tenants. You don't want to mix your tenant types. If you're doing students, do students. If you're doing professionals, do professionals. If you're doing universal credit or anything like that, then try and keep the same sort of people. Uh, and I'm not trying to typecast people or anything like that, but just trying because it, it, it what the reason I'm actually saying this, um, because it can be taken the wrong way, is it generally the houses are a little community. So if you're mixing things up, and let's say for argument's sake, you've got a student house where they do a bit of work, but they like to stay up late and they like to play a bit of music. All students together will probably stay up late together. Do you know what I mean? They're all doing the same thing. Whereas if somebody's got to get up early for work, they don't want to hear a student knocking about because, you know, students don't get up until 11, 12 o'clock. I'm not typecasting them. I'm just saying to you, these are the things that you need to be mindful of. So a house with all students in where they maybe do sleep in a little bit more in the morning or study and stuff like that. And somebody else who's working shift patterns needs to get a set amount of sleep you want those sort of the same types of people in the houses so that it gels better why because we want people to stay as long as possible in our hmos if you're doing hmo rent to rent we want people to stay if you're doing serviced accommodation it doesn't really matter but obviously if you're doing hmos you want a happy house you want a happy community you want to make sure that your rooms are dressed nicely. You want to make sure that your rooms also do look like the pictures. Not that the pictures were taken when this was first refurbished and now it doesn't even look anything like it. You want people who will walk through that door to see a room that they saw in the pictures. They're there because they liked the pictures. So if your rooms look like the pictures, you'll have no problems getting tenants. And you want to get it into a state where realistically you're picking the tenants rather than the tenants picking your property, okay? 
So at number nine, you wanna then obviously be tweaking your systems. If you've only got a few properties to start with, then your systems can be relatively basic. You just need a tenant management software. You also will probably need some sort of phoning system or text system that the tenants can get hold of you if they have any problems. Obviously, you can use your phone and WhatsApp and things, but I always say, try and use a few other systems, make it look uh, a bit professional, and try and keep it a bit separate as well. I don't recommend using WhatsApp groups in houses. There's a lot of people that do do this, but I've never seen it really work really, really well. I see it a lot of the time that you get a lot of petty disputes on there. It can work, but I, I don't do it and I don't recommend to, to set that sort of thing up. You can use companies like Text Magic to send out block texts and people can text you back. And then obviously you'll have your number there. Um, just make sure on your notice boards that people know what to call you with, uh, when to call you, and you know what sort of emergencies need to be called you know, in the middle of the night and what sort of emergencies can wait till the next day. If you get all your terms and everything laid down uh, on your notice boards, ready to rock and roll, which we do, which I also give to my students just to make it easy for them when they're starting out, then you can, again, set yourself up for success and move yourself forward nicely. But systems will grow as you go along. I've tested loads of systems, gone through loads of different uh, hassles with systems and never really found the perfect one. But what I do is I make shift with uh, systems that are already out there. I integrate them sort of together what works and I've got it pretty much down pat now in my business which works really well for us. And then at number 10, realistically, it's about doing all again. It's about keeping the momentum going. It's about making sure that whilst you're doing the nine other steps, that you are also moving yourself forward, that you're keeping your marketing going, you're keeping in contact with people, you're still talking to people, you're still doing viewings. It can sound like a lot, but if you actually systemize yourself, if you have your own spreadsheets, as I say, we set you up with the Rent to Rent Business Builder in such a way that it's all checklists, so you know where you are with everything, you know what you're doing, you know uh, what you should be doing on certain jobs, where you should be making offers, who you should be talking to, how you should be following up, how you should be budgeting your business, where you should be putting your money, everything like that. And you just want to make sure that you've got those in place too. You don't have to have all of that in place from the word go. You can gradually start to incorporate it into your business as you bring on more and more properties. I always say you can pretty much manage five properties on your own, but when you start going over the five HMO properties, that is, five mark, you wanna start really looking to incorporate people and systems into your business. But likewise, you need to keep being out there, you need to keep marketing, you need to keep building up that pipeline of deals and then plan how many properties you want to get each 12 months. Break that down into what you need to do each month and push yourself forward. Use something like a 90-day plan, plan each three months out, go for it in every three months and you'll find that the momentum, if you keep doing things consistently and persistently, will get you to your end results. So I hope the 10 steps and the 10 stages has helped you. I highly recommend that you download the PDF for yourself and then you've got a little check sheet that you can use and you can go through and you can put these systems into place yourself. And if not, at least it's giving you some food for thought. So we do also now have the Property Unleashed YouTube channel, which you can check out. And we have some interesting videos with hints and tips, particularly about rent to rent. 
on there and a few interviews that I've been on and a few interviews that I have done. So please feel free to check that out and like and subscribe if you do. So, again, I hope this has helped you. I hope this helps to move you forward. If you're stuck or you need to ask any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on social media as I'm more than happy to help. Come and join the communities. Come and get involved. And let's all push forward and move forward together. So until next week, take care of yourself and bye for now. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe and share the podcast with others. And if you could take a minute to leave the show a review, that would really mean a lot to me as well. Lastly, why not head over to the Property Unleashed Facebook group? And if you do, I'll see you there. Take care and make sure you keep focusing on your vision. Bye for now.